Come on, y'all. So glad that you're here today, man. Welcome, welcome. Before I get into the At The Movie series, let me make sure you heard about one very important announcement. On September the 10th, we are going to the boardwalk, and you do not want to miss this meeting. We're not moving there yet. we got about a year. We're starting remodel this week. But on our birthday, our 16th birthday, which is September the 10th at 5 o'clock, we're going to have all kind of sweets. That's right. You go. Maybe Little Debbie's. We'll be able to see about that. Cupcakes, though, ice cream. That the truth is there will be a sweet announcement made that night that you do not want to miss. It will only be made at 5 o'clock at the Louisiana Boardwalk, so you just want to make sure you mark your calendars now so you don't miss it, all right? So who's ready for a good day today? Come on, let me hear you. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. I need some energy today because we're going through one of the biggest movie themes throughout the years that has ever been, and it is in the news right now everywhere. Everybody's talking about it. It's even made the congressional hearings. What are we talking about today? Take a wild guess. Yes. And you're like, oh, how are you going to talk about aliens today? Well, first off, remember, it's at the movies. So when you look back at all of the movies through the years, there have been countless movies that have focused on this theme of aliens, including the biggest of all, right? When you see this right here, this next little movie slide right here is the one that kind of started it. It's this idea that something is out there and something is happening. And most of the time when you see these things like this, you think they're scary. But not all of the alien movies are scary, and I will prove it. If you have kids, anybody ever seen this movie right here? Come on, y'all. Yeah, of course, they're not all scary. Sometimes they're cute, and I'm going to prove it with one of the biggest alien scenes from a movie in all history. See if you remember this. Watch. A stranger from the outside. Greetings, I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. He loves the Toy Story aliens. But here is what most of you are thinking right now. As soon as I say the word alien, as soon as I get up and say we're talking about it, you're like, there is nothing in Scripture about aliens, Justin. What I would challenge you with at the very beginning is, are you sure? Shall we look? First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dear friends, you are like visitors and strangers in this world. So I beg you to keep your lives free from the evil things that you want to do, these desires that fight against your true selves. Some of you are saying, that doesn't say aliens, Justin. Okay, let's look at another translation, though. What about this? Dear friends, your real home is, what does it say? Guess who's an alien? All right, moving on. You are strangers here, but there's skeptics still in the audience. I can hear you. It still doesn't say aliens. Well, now you have forced me to go to the translation that you will remember now. 1 Peter 2.11. Beloved, I beseech you. Anytime you go to beseeching, you're serious, all right? Beloved, I beseech you as, what's this word? To abstain from the passions of the flesh that wage against war in your soul, on your soul. Now, if you're wondering about translations of the Bible, this is for all of you who want to get a little deeper today, all right? Everybody accused the symbol church of being a shallow, but let me tell you, you're going deep today, all right? And how we're going to go deep is teach you, number one, about where these translations come from. When you see like RSV and, you know, there's all kind of translations that happen, like down here at the bottom. This is the translation that we're taking it from. But where do you get those from, Justin? It's from Bible Gateway is where I get all of my translations. It used to be 
that I had a whole office and Bibles lined up and you had to go pull these different translations and get the scripture and find and cross-reference. But now today, with modern technology, you can do exactly what I do. When you find a scripture, you can go to BibleGateway.com. You can also download the version on your phone and you can have all of those translations right there in your hands so that you can better understand what the scripture is saying. And when you talk about Bible translations, here's another image for you. There's different variations of Scripture. You can go word for word, you can go thought for thought, and you can go paraphrases. But all of these translations are taken from the original manuscripts. And in those original manuscripts, you will see that there is not just one verse that talks about us being aliens. There's a lot of different verses because the main crux is not those out there, the little green men somewhere out in the world. It is referring to you and me, that we are truly the aliens because earth is not our home. It doesn't matter what translation you look at. It doesn't matter what verse you look at. I'm going to show you a few. There is a common theme that goes through our scripture that you and I are aliens. This is not our home. This is not our place. And I'm going to prove it. Here's a couple of verses for you. Number one, Hebrews 13, 14. For this world is not our permanent home. Doesn't get much clearer than that, does it? We are all looking forward to a home yet to come. Now, for anybody who's deep in here, where is that home to come? Heaven, of course. It's this idea of going, man, we're living, everybody acts like we're living just for right now on this planet right now, but the scripture over and over again. God's word keeps pointing us to it. It's like, man, this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. Philippians 3.20. But we are citizens of, you said it a minute ago, heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. See, your citizenship is not here. Your home is not here. You are truly an alien. First Chronicles, go Old Testament now, 29.15. For we are aliens as were our ancestors, and our days on this earth are like a shadow. What is the scripture over and over and over again saying? Man, your time here is brief. It's like a snap of the fingers. It's like a shadow, man. It is here. It is gone because we have a home, and our home is not this planet. We're not here for long. It goes by very, very quickly. But while you're here, as you have been sent to this planet, you have a mission. You are an alien on a mission. Say it right now. I'm an alien on a mission. Let me hear you. Yes. Well, you say, well, what's my mission then, Justin? Well, from cover to cover, you will see that Jesus was trying his best to get us to this place. God in the Old Testament and then Jesus in the New Testament was pushing you to help you understand your mission. And your mission, should you choose to accept it as the alien that you are, is to love people. And guess what? All people. Now, why would I say that? Well, because you're fixing to see in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that there was this challenge that we wanted to love the people that we liked. We wanted to love the people that looked like us and act like us. And we were like, that's who we're going to love. And throughout Scripture, God was going, don't forget, I'm calling you to be different. Your mission is to love like no one else. You are to be different. Let me go Old Testament first and look at Leviticus 19. When an alien resides with you in your land... Remember, this is kind of interesting. When you think about the fact that the translations were reminding you that there are people that are not in their homeland, and they are referred to in Scripture as aliens. And he's saying, hey, when an alien comes to live with you and hangs out with you, you shall not oppress the alien. Don't be ugly to them. 
Don't put too much on them. The alien who resides with you shall be with you, right? And it will be your citizen. This alien is with you for a purpose. And I want you to be with this alien and love on this alien because this next part is what I want you to focus on when it says you shall love the alien as yourself. For you too are aliens in the land of Egypt and I am the Lord your God. What does the scripture remind us? It's like, hey, you also, as a Jewish person, you also are reminded that you have been an alien in your past. But now when you see people who don't quite fit in or don't think that they should be here, you should love them as you love yourself. This is Old Testament, but it does sound familiar because if you look at the New Testament, someone else said it. A guy by the name of Jesus, you may have heard of him, when he comes back and says, you've replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your strength. First and great commandment. But the second is equally important. To love your neighbor as yourself. To love the alien. <laughs> to be so different because most of the time in culture, we only like the people who look like us and act like us. We're not going to love all people. We're not going to love the outsider. We just want to kind of surround ourselves with people that look like us and act like us. And then we can love them. And he's coming back and going, no, I want you to be different. And how are you going to be different? I want you to recognize these aliens among you. And how will we recognize the aliens that are among us? John 13, 35. By this, what is this? Everyone will know that you are an alien. Well, that you are my disciple. You get it, right? If you love one another. This idea of love is such a big deal to Jesus that he keeps driving it home. And you know this. We kind of get fascinated by aliens and we talk about the way they look and did, how did they behave and what are they doing. It's all this stuff that's in culture. We kind of see it. It's, we're curious about it. But what I would like to turn your attention to and remind you is that you are the alien. So the question is, how do you look and how do you behave? Because in a world that everyone else may be doing one thing, he is calling us to be different, to look different, to love different, to treat people different. And this is how Jesus would drive it home because this is so funny to me, but you know, like you're growing up in church, it's like you get the idea, but most of the time when we walk out of the doors and you have to implement it, that's where it really becomes the challenge. And this is what Jesus knew about you and me. And what he is hoping was that when you walked out the doors and you lived in the culture, whether that's at school or at work or just out shopping, whatever it may be, that you would be so different, people would look at you as if you were an alien. They go, man, what is up with that person? And I'm going to prove it to you by looking at this scripture from Jesus, Matthew 5. This is a saying, love your friends and hate your enemies. But I say, this is Jesus again, love your enemies. Love your enemies. If you're only friendly, right, to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? What was he calling you to? He was saying that I want you to be so different that people must recognize it. That people will see you and go, there is really something strange about them. And it won't be just big eyes and green skin. It will be the fact that you have loved people that no one else will love. It's that you will treat people fairly and equally regardless of where they're from. Because the simple truth is you and I are aliens and aliens are different. 
We're called to be different. He asks you to be different. God leaves you on this planet for a certain amount of time that none of us know exactly when that ends. But when that time comes to the end, you will eventually face him. And when you are facing him, he's going to say, how did you do? How were you? In the world that I left you, were you able to love those enemies? Were you able to be so different that people said, man, I, there's something about them. But I want to be like them. I want to be like that person. Because they were so full of love and compassion that it impacted others. It changed the world. It had a lasting impact in their mind. I'm going to prove it to you that this love concept is a big deal with another movie question. This is a little movie trivia for you today. When you think back of all the movies that you grew up that had aliens in it, can you remember or answer this question? What alien love story made us cry or made you cry? If you can think about it and you go, is an alien movie, you know, like uh, Men in Black? No, I didn't really cry at that one. All right. What movie made us cry? Well, to help you out with that, I want to show you this little trailer because it may bring back from childhood memories for some of you. Watch. Of course. Old, old movie. But still impactful to this day. If you watch it with your kids, watch anybody, there'll be moments in there you'll be like, ooh. You heard him say it, I love you. Why did we cry? Why as a young person, as an older person, were you moved by a silly movie about an alien? It's because it was deeper than that. It was about love. It was about friendship. There was a deep connection in that movie. I even pulled another scene, and I almost played it today, but I was like, I don't know that everybody will get it. But, man, there's this whole scene between the kid and E.T. and this deep love that they had. And it was this heartbreaking thing where he's trying to leave, and he's like, man, I don't want you to leave. I need you to stay with me. 
And you go, well, Justin, what's the big deal with this? Well, here's why it resonated with so many people. It's because in a culture that is so fascinated and trying to figure out who's the enemy and who you should like and who you should love, the movie challenged you that maybe someone who doesn't look like you, who doesn't come from the same place that you come from, can have an impact in your life. As silly as that movie might be, there's this same little thing going on in our world today. Where when you look at scripture, there's this constant challenge for you to look at relationships, to love people that don't look like you, to treat people fairly, to go above and beyond, even when it doesn't make sense in Old Testament to New Testament. Love your enemies. Love those who are not from the same neighborhood, who maybe don't look exactly like you. But yet here we are in 2023 still arguing and fighting over whether it's political party or what neighborhood or even what football team. Go Cowboys. It doesn't matter, right? We all just have these things where we're like, oh my God. But then every once in a while, a movie comes along. It's like, hey man, think a little bit different. Maybe we can learn something. And there were some sweet moments in that movie. Remind me of another family favorite. This is the Hagler family favorite. And it also had some tears in it. And it's also about an alien. When my kids were growing up, this is one movie we watch over and over again. It's called The Iron Giant. Anybody ever seen The Iron Giant? One person, all right? This is worth you renting, all right? You go find it. I don't know where it is. Renting? I don't even know if you do that. Streaming, my bad, all right? But this whole movie is once again about love. And what I'm about to show you is the clip. This is kind of the, you know, climax of the movie. Sorry, these are all spoilers. But when you get to this part of the movie, Hogarth, the little boy, is looking at this alien, this iron giant. And in this interaction, he realizes that the iron giant is about to sacrifice, do everything he can to try to save the very people that hate him, the very people that are against him. But listen close, because I'm going to quiz you as the iron giant is flying in to do this unbelievable sacrifice. Listen close to the voice that he hears in his head and what he says. Watch. Giant? Ogre. You stay. I go. No. I won't tell you what happens. But you hear the line in there? You are 
who you choose to be. See, as they develop this relationship, this kid with this alien, they've walking through this world, and there's a lot of things that don't make sense, including why there's a missile fired is because the government must take out this alien. And what they don't realize is, is the alien is the very one who's going to save them. And you heard Hogarth, the little boy, look at him and said, I love you. And why would you cry through this? Why would you go like, man, that's kind of tough, is because... We know that in our culture, in our world, that there are many people, maybe you in this room, maybe some of you watching online, you're longing to be loved. And you feel like you are an alien. You feel like you're an outcast. You feel like there's no one that's going to love you. There's no one that's going to accept you. And what I'm challenging you, if you call yourself a Christian, if you're a believer, that line, you are who you choose to be, I'm asking you to choose to love all people as the iron giant showed us to be sacrificial in that love to make sure that you know that as we're walking through this life that you're on a mission and every day whether that's school whether that's work whether that's the walmart line yeah the walmart line i'm saying it you can go in with a good attitude, you can go in with a bad attitude, you can go in to try to help people, or you can go into it's all about me and my belief systems. Whatever political side you're on, whatever neighborhood you live in, you're right and everybody else is wrong. What if you came in from the mindset of let me love all people? Let me be different. And what's going to make me different is not demanding my way, but it will be to choose to love when other people are choosing to be right and when you choose to love it is sacrificial and let me just remind you of this are you ready love truly is a choice can I get an amen out there if you don't believe me let's go to Deuteronomy choose to love the Lord your God and obey him and cling to him it is a choice when everybody else is running to everything else, choose to love him, cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. It's like, man, as long as I'm on this planet, man, I got to hold on to him. And when you choose to love the Lord, he will challenge you to love other people. That's the way he is. See, God won't force you to love him or anyone else. It is a choice. You don't have to love your wife. You choose to. And when I start thinking through us in the culture, all of us walking out of here, we have to make the right choice. You are who you choose to be. Be someone who is full of love, full of compassion. That's why I love Cassie and the Hub. They're here today doing Rise Up and Roast out in the lobby and selling coffee. And why do they do that? To help those caught in homelessness. To help those who have been battling through some very difficult circumstances in their lives. To those who are being rescued from the sex industry, you think through all of these outcasts, but yet, Cassie, the hub, they choose to love. They choose. We don't, they're not forced to. No, they choose to. And what you will realize very quickly, just like we saw in the silly movie, Iron Giant, and we see in the real world, and we read in Scripture, that love is a sacrifice. It truly is about giving something up. 
And trust me, Angie sacrifices every day. Can I get an amen on that, right? Anybody who's married, like, how does she live with that guy? Well, because she learned along these 25 years, sacrifice, sacrifice. I try my best. I want to do the same thing. I think others are better at it than others. But the goal is, is that we all get better and that we choose to do that. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. Over and over again, you'll see this. He's challenging us. When you walk out there, live a life filled with love. Just as Christ offered his life and sacrificed, you do the same thing. That's how the world will see you as different. That's how the world says, man, there is something strange about them. They can't be from this planet. And love is not only sacrifice, it is also a commitment. 1 Peter 4, 8, most important of all, continue. Don't just start to love someone. Continue to show deep love for each other because love makes up for many of your faults. Can I get an amen on that? Some people just tell us all the time, it's like, well, Justin, I just fell in love. No, the truth is you don't fall in love. It's a choice. And when I start thinking about all of us in here, we have to make the choice to be doing everything we can to love each other with this deep love because someone in here is going to make a mistake. And guess what? Even this world is going to consistently and continually make mistakes. Instead of being judgmental and ugly and pointing the finger, what if you decided to love them through those mistakes? What if you decided to look at things differently? And when you did, everybody would go, why are you doing that? That's stupid. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't love somebody who's making those choices. You shouldn't love somebody walking through that. But then when you look at Scripture, most important of all, the most important thing you could do is to be committed to love, to sacrifice in love, to choose to be different, to set yourself apart, that you'll be known by your love. Why? Because this world, unfortunately, is looking for love. That's why in these silly alien movies, there's always this little, little theme in there of going, man, something's different about them, especially the kids. And if you're going to raise your kids to be anything, is it about being right? Is it about, you know, you need to make sure that you stand up for what's right? Or will it be you need to be full of love? Because you will not see in Scripture that says stand up and be right. What it says over and over, most important of all, continue to show deep love to each other because love makes up for many faults. By this, you will be known as my follower. By what? By love. By being right? No. By our worship? No. Because worship, sometimes people can understand, sometimes they can't. By how much scripture you know, truth is, is they don't know if you know or not. What they're looking at is, will you love me? Will you accept me? Will you help me? Will you sacrifice? And will you be committed to that? Will you make that choice? Well, my favorite alien of all, I have to put him in here because it's in the Iron Giant, but it happened to be this week he was also voted the number one superhero of all time. Anybody got any ideas? Ooh, well, in case you're behind the curve and you really don't think of him as an alien, let the intro move you in your soul as we go through 
the one and only Superman. Watch. His dense molecular structure would make him strong. He'd be fast, virtually invulnerable. Ah! Easy, miss. I've got you. you. You've got me? Who's got you? I want the name of this flying whatchamacallit to go with the Daily Planet like bacon and eggs. Why are you here? I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. Hi there. Nothing wrong with the elevator? Going down. Max Luther. 500 megaton bomb would destroy most of California. Is that how a warped brain like yours gets its kicks? By planning the death of innocent people? No, by causing the death of innocent people. Three supervillains, each one with the same power he has. The three of us will crush the son of our jailer. I'm beginning to get the picture. You think I'm Superman? General, would you care to step outside? They can be a great people, Kalel. They wish to be. They only lack the light to show the way. For this reason, above all, their capacity for good. I have sent them you, my only son. And you can rent it too. <laughs> Why do I show you that? Because as a kid, I looked up to Superman. I was like, man, that's so awesome. He's the original hero. He's this alien coming into this world to do good, to stand up for what's right and to sacrifice. And I start thinking about all of us in this room. There's something inside of us is why he connects with us because we all want to be a Superman at some point. If you're honest, even the heroes in our Movies are wanting to be like Superman. If you remember Iron John, if you don't know, he put an S on his chest because he's like, I want to be Superman. He saw Hogarth reading comic books. And I go back to my childhood. Yes, I dressed up like Superman too. Look at there. <laughs> a little high-watered, but I made it, right? And then even as an adult, you might remember I became Superman for a video around here. Yeah, it's embarrassing, but it happened. Unlike you, Bernie, those are not real muscles, all right? I know that's shocking to y'all. I can wear that suit, but why would we want to be like Superman? Because it's good, it's right. There's something in our culture, in our society that stands up for those that, you heard it in the little clip there, it's like, man, you're here for a purpose. And I want to remind you, before we close, before we get out of here, you also are here for a purpose. And unlike a make-believe movie, or our superheroes, you really do have a mission. And you've been sent to this planet by a God who loves you and wants you to recognize your purpose. And yes, you're a little alien-like because he's hoping and planning and preparing you to be different, to be a light in the darkness. For you to show the way, for you to do what's right, for you to choose who you want to be. And you say, Jesus, I want to be like you. Now, a couple of warnings. You probably remember this, but Superman also had a weakness. Anybody remember his weakness? Kryptonite, right? Yes, of course. 
So that's why I take you all the way back to where we started with this alien talk today. I go back to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Remember, I'm beseeching you to be an alien, right? Abstain from the passions of the flesh that wage war against your soul. What is the scripture saying? It's like, hey, listen, you're going to be in this world and there's going to be some kryptonite. And if you're going to be different and you're going to look different and you're going to act different, then you have to be aware of the pitfalls. You have to be aware of the things that can take you out. When you talk about, well, passions of flesh, what do you mean? Well, let's go a little deeper as we close with Galatians chapter 5. The wrong things the sinful self does are clear. And I think you can relate to this list. Being sexually unfaithful, not being pure, taking part in sexual sins, worshiping gods. Notice that's little g gods. Putting other things before God. Doing witchcraft, hating, making trouble, being jealous, being angry. Don't worry, it continues. Being selfish, making people angry with each other, causing divisions among people, feeling envy, being drunk, having wild and wasteful parties. Uh-oh, college. And doing other things like these. I warn you, now as I warned you before, those who do these things will not inherit God's kingdom. Yikes. I don't need to go over the list again, do I? I think everybody's clear, right? There's enough kryptonite out there to get us all. But what does it look like to be an alien? It's not big eyes and being green. That's what everybody thinks of. Let me continue the verse and show you why I say aliens are different. All of that list of things we know to be wrong, we're like, I get it, I get it. But let's focus on who you're supposed to be. But the Spirit produces the fruit of love and joy. Notice the first one, though. Love. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you really want to be an alien, if you really want to choose who you want to be, here's your list. And if you really want people to go, man, there's something different about them. When everyone else is showing hate, you show love. When everyone's depressed, going through hard times, there ain't nothing out there for me. You go, man, there's joy. I'm telling you, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'll show you. Man, when everybody else is freaking out because aliens are coming, you're like, man, I got peace. When you're in the Walmart line and everybody's mad, you're the one who's patient. When people are full of rudeness, you're the one who's kind. When everyone else is trying to do the wrong thing, you're full of goodness, trying to show good to others and raising your kids to be the same way. Faithfulness, when everyone else is giving up, you remain faithful even when it doesn't make sense. Gentleness, when everybody says, you need to be tough, you need to stand up, and you need to get strong about it. He says, I want you to be full of gentleness. And above all, remember to control yourself. Through the power of the Spirit, say, Lord, I need your help. I can tell you, if you do this, you're going to look like an alien. And people are going, there's something different. Now, I know most of you are going, I don't know if I can do this. Well, it is possible. And I'm going to show you an alien now. I know many of you are like, is this the green man? Is, you, I know you've been waiting to see the alien. And this is a real alien on this planet living and interacting with others. 
And when you see the video, I have a feeling you'll go, I didn't think this was possible, but now I know it's true. And it's not going to be from a movie clip. Some of you are in Steve Hartman withdrawal, so I go ahead and brought a video for you. Because when you think this is impossible, I'll prove to you that it is not. Watch. At Community Hospital North in Indianapolis, newborn intensive care nurse Katrina Mullen has a reputation for going above and beyond. But as you'll soon see, the lengths she went to for these triplets and their 14-year-old mother is beyond compare. Oh, being that age and having all three babies premature and sick was going to be a hard road for her. Katrina was once a teenage mother herself, and she knew that this young mom, Shariah Small, didn't have a stable home life. So, even after the babies were discharged, Katrina continued to visit them and shower them with gifts. Pacifiers or bottles, three matching outfits for them. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is driving you to do all this? Just love. I mean, I loved her, I loved them, and I just wanted to see her be a successful parent. She was just there. She was there emotionally, she was there physically, she was there mentally. Which was all new for Shariah. Yeah, she was really the only person there. But Shariah still didn't have a proper home for the kids. So eventually, the Department of Child Services intervened. They began looking for a foster family, or more like multiple foster families, because finding one place for a teenage mother and her triplets would be nearly impossible. And that's when Shariah got a text message that simply said, I can't wait for you to come home. Never mind that Katrina already had five kids of her own. What color is that? She took on these other four pop. without giving it a second thought. It's been exhausting. Uh -oh. It's been crazy and busy. Oh, but I've never once sat and said, I wish I hadn't done this. But that seems illogical. You just listed a bunch of reasons <laughs> why this is a terrible idea. And then you I say, think... I would absolutely do it again. I would absolutely do it again. In fact, just a few months ago, Katrina adopted Shariah, who just finished high school and now plans to go to college. All thanks to the nurse, who went above and beyond and beyond some more. Steve Hartman, on the road in Indianapolis. Come on, y'all. Come on. That's alien. That's different. That's sacrificial. That's commitment. That's love. Are you an alien? When you walk out of here, do you choose love? Do you sacrifice? Are you committed to the fruit of peace and joy and self-control? You think of that list, and as you walk out of here, my hope and my prayer is, for all of us in here, is that when they see us, when they hear about us, when they talk about us, that they'll say, man, there's something different about them. When we launched this church 16 years ago, that was the goal. It wasn't about buildings, although we'll eventually move to the boardwalk, great. We're thankful for it. Hope we can get all that stuff done. It won't be about sermons. They come and go. Sometimes that guy's all right, sometimes uh, 
It won't be about music, although we have great music and there's going to be some powerful worship nights and some really, really cool moments. Our hope and our prayer was is that it would be about a group of people that were so different that it changed the world that we live in. That when people said, you don't go to Juarez because it's too dangerous, you would go love on those aliens. You wouldn't go all the way to Africa. You wouldn't go over there and invest in people that you'll never see and don't know. No, we're not even going to just invest in them. We're actually going to really invest. And you sponsored nearly 800 kids around the world. Well, that's crazy. Why would you give $40 a month or whatever it is? Why, and that's stupid. That doesn't even make sense. Well, because it's love. It's sacrificial. It's commitment. It'd be like, well, I, I hear that there are people in downtown Shreveport. I mean, shouldn't we be picketing? Shouldn't we be standing up? Shouldn't our government do something about all that? Well, the truth is, is maybe we are the ones like Cassie, who 16 years ago started organizations and churches to go, let's try to be different. Let's try to solve the problem. And how are we going to solve the problem? By loving irrationally. By looking and behaving so differently that people go, there's something different about them. So whether it's school teachers, first responders, people in poverty, people in need, homeless, we just love. And when we love, people go, man, there's something different about them. You are who you choose to be. I pray that you'll choose to be like Jesus. Because when you look at him, that's all you need to do. Follow his example. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that you give us a lot of scriptures that challenge us to be like you. And if you want to talk about an alien, you are truly an alien. You came from heaven to this earth. You took on human form for a reason that no one in their right mind would do, but you did it for us. You became sin who did not know sin so that we could be made free. And you showed and demonstrated what true love is by sacrificing your life on a cross and shedding your blood so that our sins could be forgiven. And Lord, you didn't just go to the grave, Lord. You overcame the grave to show us that you had power that no one else had and that we could have the same power to live in self-control, to be full of love, to be full of patience, to teach our kids. It's not about trying to be right. It's about being like you, Jesus. And when we become like you, we will be full of love and we would change the world that we live in. If someone doesn't know you, Jesus, I pray they would just simply say today, Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. And I believe that you are who you say you are. You came to this earth to die for me, and I want you to come into my life. I commit my life to you, and I confess my need for a Savior. Change me, Jesus, and you promise that you'll meet them right there. And then as a church, we will do our very best to help them take the next steps to grow in that relationship, whether it's baptism, whether it's Bible study, life groups, whatever it takes, Lord, help us to follow you. That it won't be just about attending church. It'll be about changing the world. Because you sent us here and we're on mission. Help us, Father, to fulfill the mission that you have for us. Thank you for dying for us. Help us to walk out of here and change this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.